Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a fresh new episode of Phillies Today. Unfortunately, the uh, the first podcast of the offseason for the fighting Phils. Um, I'm still extremely upset. Uh, I'm, I'm jealous of any of you out there that um, are in the process of of accepting the Game 7 loss. Uh, you know, I just worked with John Johnson a mere hours ago, and he did a poll, uh, you know, trying to get the feel of um, everybody, uh, all the Phillies fans and where you're at in the the process of how you're enduring uh, the devastating Game 7 loss to the Arizona Diamondbacks. And most people actually not most people, but leading the way was acceptance. People were accepting uh, the Phillies lost. I think it was about around like 40%. And then second was uh, angry. Um, I'm still there. I'm still angry. I couldn't believe. Um, it didn't really hit me till in the late innings of the game that we were actually going to lose to the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm still upset. I'm still angry. Um, I don't know when I'm going to actually accept this loss. I'm surprised people are already accepting the loss. I'm not accepting it. I still haven't accepted uh, game five of 2011 NLDS. I don't, there's a lot of people that still haven't accepted it. Um, and maybe that's a me issue. It probably is, but um, this team was supposed to to do big things. This team was supposed to uh, not only win the National League at this point, but was also I thought could win the World Series for sure. Maybe not for sure, but they could. They had a chance, um, big better chance than last year, even if they were to face the Houston Astros again. Um, sorry, I'm harping uh, on the loss. Still, it's very, very, very frustrating uh, trying to get over. Uh, a loss to the 84-win Arizona Diamondbacks that had about eight actually talented players on the team. I'm exaggerating, obviously, uh, but very frustrating when the Phillies should have won the series. So, um, But we're heading into the offseason now, um, and basically what I'm going to give you on today's show, uh, I'm going to kind of tease the next episode um, for next week where we'll really get into what I think the Phillies should do this offseason. Um, we'll get into a very, very, very short recap of what happened this season, really. Very short. Not even going to get into the specifics. We'll get into the positives and negatives of what happened this year. I know it, it can feel like everything's just been negative lately, and as it should be. Um, but there actually are a lot of positives to take away from this season. So we'll get into uh, some of the negatives and some of the positives. We'll look ahead to the offseason. Again, a little teaser uh, coming up for the next couple of weeks. Um, and then, I'll, unfortunately, I'm going to mention it. We're getting into a small... World Series preview between the Diamondbacks and Rangers um, later in the show. So, very, very, very short synopsis slash recap uh, of the 2023 season. Phil's had a bit of a rocky start in April, but they got it together. Um, went 90-72 and 72 this year. Finished second in the National League East. Hard to, to go in first when you had the, the Atlanta Braves at the top uh, having the incredible season they had. Um, you end up getting the first wild card spot. And then you lose in the National League Championship Series to the Arizona Diamondbacks um, in seven games, uh, being up in the Series 2-0 and then 3-2 um, at two points, both happening in the span of a week and a half or whatever it was. Um, so the Phillies lose uh, the National League Championship Series. 
um, regressed to a certain extent, if you want to look at it this way, uh, from the year before, making it to the World Series, losing uh, to the D-backs in the National League Championship Series. So let's get right into it. Positives and negatives. I'm actually going to get the negatives out of the way first. Let's get the bad out of the way. We'll get to the good um, in a little bit. So obviously the big one, and I'm mentioning this over and over again, but in terms of how the show format's going, we're just going to mention it. Um, first one, losing to an inferior D-backs team in the National League Championship Series. Um, the positive in this, is I, I thought it was it's great that we got back to the National League Championship Series. Uh, maybe it kind of proved that last year wasn't really a fluke to a certain extent. Um, you know, the team getting more talented this year, stacking up uh, with Trey Turner uh, in the lineup, um, you know, adding, even though he w- being what he was, Tywin Walker, um, bullpen getting better. Every The team was overall more talented, uh, but you do lose to a much worse team in the Arizona Diamondbacks in the National League Championship Series. So that is definitely the first negative, like – and it's recency bias, but it's really not, though. Like, we we all know this. We all know losing to the D-backs in the NLCS, especially being up two games, uh, two games to none, and then three games to two. Biggest, biggest, 100% the biggest negative. Um, you know, you probably, honestly, I mentioned this on John's show, you probably feel better if you had just lost to the Braves in the NLDS. I know it sounds crazy, and some of you fans that might out there might be like, oh, well, what do you mean, losing in the NLDS? How is that feeling better than losing... All right, and the NLCS, well, you, the, the Braves were really good. Braves were an incredible team, setting you know records and um, with their with their offense and whatnot in the regular season. Um, felt great to to beat them in the NLDS, but at the same time, you know, losing to the Braves, I wouldn't have been so upset at that. It, you know, it's hard to beat an 100 plus win team two years in a row, and the uh, you know losing to the D-backs on the other end, you know, it's a really tough pill to swallow. Getting to that National League Championship Series and, and losing to the D-backs. So I thought that, in a way, um, you know, big negative. Uh, so that's obviously the biggest negative. Number two, um, you know, even though he had a good postseason and didn't leave us on a great note with his last start, I thought it's a big negative that Aaron Nola really making it tough to want to re-sign him. I think the, the fan base, for the feeling that I get, the fan base is pretty uh like split on how they feel about Aaron Nola and wanting to re-sign him. I get it, the whole pitch clock thing and you know, apparently him making these uh changes to his mechanics, you know, late in the season and the playoffs, and that's great. If that's truly what it was, if that's truly what it was, then great. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Whatever. But I go back to 2021. Like Aaron Nola had pretty similar numbers um, in 2021, um, when he had a very similar ERA, uh, and he had a very just very similar type of year where he was like up and down. He had great starts, and then he would have terrible starts, and really not even in between. It was either a terrible start where he would implode, and then he'd have a great start. Pitch clock didn't exist two years ago. Um, so for, for Aaron Nola, I think it's just really, it's... I don't think it's all the pitch clock. I don't really think it's all that. And, uh, you know, he's kind of making us, some of us, you know, have our opinion swayed by the way he uh, had a great postseason, especially his first three starts. He was incredible. You know, he was as good or if not better than Zach Wheeler, or, you know, I'll be honest, the ace of the staff. So 
I think that's the second biggest negative is that Aaron Nola this year had a chance to redeem himself. Or not even to redeem himself, but to follow up his 2022 season, which was stellar, one of the, the better pitchers in the National League, probably, you know, I would say the best pitchers in the National League uh, statistics-wise. Uh, he didn't have a great playoffs, had an up-and-down playoffs. But he had a real chance this year to have a really good regular season and to cement his 2022 season. You have a back-to-back, because he usually really had back-to-back like really good seasons. He had 2018 where he was really good, 2019 where he was solid, 2020 was good, very good, but you know, small sample size in the uh, shortened COVID season. 2021 has the uh, has the pretty mediocre season. 2022 has a great season, and 2023 really had a chance to solidify 2022 at least, and he just didn't. He had a mediocre, even if you want to say he had a bad season. I can't even be totally, totally mad at that for his expectations for some of the seasons that he's had. Um, you know, for being one of the strikeout all-time strikeout leaders in Philadelphia Phillies history, um, for what it's worth, he had a chance to do it, and it's it's really I think that's a negative that he's making it tough. He had a chance for us to be like, no, we got to resign Aaron Nola, we got to bring him back. We have a great one-two punch in Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola, and now they don't. Um, Aaron Nola really made uh, that decision really tough, and that, that's why they didn't resign him early in the season. And that's why they're sitting here, and it's going to be, I don't know what's going to happen. We'll, we'll kind of, in the second half of this episode, we'll get into maybe who else is available out there. And um, next week, we'll really dive into who I, I really think, um, if they should bring him back, or if um, or if it would make sense to go get somebody else. But we'll get into that. Um, last negative. And this is kind of like a runner-up for me. I just think with the money he got uh, in the, in the offseason last year uh, for the Philadelphia Phillies, Taiwan Walker, right? Taiwan Walker got a four-year, $72 million deal from the Phillies last offseason. Cool. You want to say something about the wins that he's had this year? Great. He's like top five in wins. The wins is the win in baseball is one of the most bullcrap stats of all time. He would get lucky. He would give up four runs, but the offense would give him some run support for whatever reason. Um, that, that's just, it's not like he would go nine innings. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I mean, it's not like he's some, like, whatever you want to call it, uh, um, unicorn. Like, he's not. It's, it's, Tyler Walker had like an ERA, um, that was just right around league average. So don't give me that crap that walk all you want with Walker. Get the hell out of here. I'm not, I'm not doing all that crap. I'm not here to debate wins, the win stat. I'm not, not doing that. Tywin Walker was okay this year. Not worth the four-year $72 million, whatever that evens out into, what, about 15 to 18 mil, somewhere around there. Wasn't worth it, um, and he, I was hoping Tywin Walker proved otherwise. I actually liked the signing what they got him, but um, I'm not going to say it's a super negative because it's not like he had a terrible year, but the fact that his velocity um, you know, kind of tailed off in the middle of the season, and uh, he just, you know, and, and they didn't need him for the playoffs. I'm not going to say that, but... Uh, I thought that was one of the negatives that Tom Walker was supposed to be like, you know, split with Ranger really add some depth in that three to four spot. And I felt like he could be your five now and that's whatever. But I don't know. The velocity thing really uh, didn't make me feel good. And I know it didn't make a lot of other fans feel good. Just had an up and down season. And I don't know what's what's to happen with Tom Walker going forward. He'll definitely be a part of the roster. 
Um, I think he'll definitely be a part of the rotation. But I don't feel great about the money they gave Tom Walker. So I'm not going to say it's super negative, but kind of like a runner-up as far as the other two negatives that I mentioned. And it could feel like there were 100 negatives throughout the season now just because of the way it ended. But there were actually a lot of positives. And I, and I know that this isn't what you guys want to hear, um, but there were there were a lot of positives, especially like individually for a lot of these players. Um, I don't think we expected Bryson Stott to take the leap that he did, right? Bryson Stott took a leap. He was one of the league. He was one of the team leaders in wins above replacement. Like he was literally above. And I know for what it's worth, it's war, right? For what it's worth, you can take that. He was the the team leader in Baseball References uh, war statistic. Like overall, dude, he. He he was one of the finalists for the Gold Glove, one of the league leaders and outs above average as far as second basemen go. And take for what it's worth, uh, analytics, but he's one of the the top guys as far as outs above average go. And at the plate, he was good. I think he was a bit overrated. Like, I get the batting average thing, but his on-base percentage is kind of, uh, isn't that far behind it, which you would like to be a little bit better. Um, Maybe he needs to walk a little more. That's something he could work on. Um, But Bryson Stott, who cares? Like, all around, he took a leap. We didn't expect him to take that type of a leap thanks to his bat and his defense really, really, really taking a leap. So Bryson Stott, Brandon Marsh? I mean, Brandon Marsh, I thought, took a, uh, you know, he progressed. Um, you know, a lot of people were saying that he his bat wasn't there. Like, well, his bat was there this year. Remember the April he had? Didn't have as good of an April. You know, it didn't have as good of a rest of the season as he did April. It's hard to do, though. He had an incredible April. Looking like an MVP there for a second. Looked like, looked like it was going to be the best hitter on the team. But um, Brandon Marsh, at the end of the day, had a you know a, a good season at the plate. So I thought that was something to really take away from uh, Brandon Marsh, and he's still good defensively. Um, Alec Bohm, I, I thought uh, he was an X factor for me, and it, you know it wasn't great in the playoffs, but overall in the season, twenty home runs. OPS plus above league average. Even his defense, depending on what metric you use, defensive run save, negative eight, bounce above average, uh, he was a plus. Um, so, and and he, visually, he looked good. I mean, it depends on what you value as far as these, you know, numbers and, you know, the optics go. But Boom, like overall, I felt, at least watching him, was pretty good. Um, he looked pretty confident out there. I think confidence is definitely a, a big thing when it comes to, Everything. I mean, everything, but obviously, but Boehm uh, progressed to me. I, I, I like what I saw from Alec Boehm this year. Um, Nick Castellanos. I know those are younger guys I just mentioned, but Nick Castellanos, I mean, he had a horrible first year for the Phillies in 2022. He had 29 home runs this year. Um, he had close to 40 doubles. Uh, overall, was a positive offensive player, and he was a good offensive player, and that's what you needed from Nick Castellanos. Um wasn't great defensively. He made some highlight real catches. Was still kind of sucked defensively. Um, but Nick Castellanos, uh, to me, progressed. Another one, Christopher Sanchez. Christopher Sanchez is somebody who I don't even know how many starts he got in 2022, but got a, around 20 starts this year in the regular season, and he was very good. He's somebody that's going to add depth to the rotation going forward, and I'm excited about Christopher Sanchez. I really do think he, he adds something to this rotation. Um, somebody you can't say progress, but when he got called up this year, I mean, played great. Johan Rojas. No, he didn't have a, uh, a, an inc- a great, I mean, that's not even, that's an understatement. He had a really, really bad postseason at the plate, but like, let's be honest, he was a rookie. And like for him to, um, 
obviously he's great with the glove. He did it in the regular season. He did it in the postseason. Um, but he had a hit 302 out of 340 on base in the regular season. I mean, OPS above league average. He was it was good. He was good. So, I mean, Johan Rojas is a positive. I know it doesn't feel that way right now because of the way his bat panned out in the playoffs, but he's young. He hasn't even had, like, not even close to half a season in, in Major League Baseball. So, um, Johan Rojas, I thought was definitely a positive. Whatever you want to think about Johan Rojas. Um, another one, better bullpen. Bullpen finished, look, I mean, coming where they were a couple of years ago, bullpen, seven, the seventh in the ERA in baseball. 11th in whip, walks per nine, middle of the pack, 16th, strikeouts per nine, 6th, hits per nine, 10th, and home runs per nine, 8th. Um, so they're, uh, they're, you know, they're, I thought the bullpen was really good this year. Um, so, uh, you know, I thought the bullpen was really good. Uh, okay, so sorry, I'm kind of. Kind of got to rush this here, get to looking ahead of the offseason. I went a little over here than I expected to on the positives, but I feel good. I want to talk about the positives when it comes to this team. So, um, you know, you progress, you get the first wild card spot, get back to the NLCS. I know it doesn't feel that way after losing to the D-backs, but I thought those were positives. Um, and the farm system. I still think there's exciting things in the farm system, especially headed by the new, you know, scouting department. You got Justin Crawford uh, down there who had a good year. Um, Abel McGarry is still there. Painter hopefully gets back sooner than later because we all want to see him, obviously, being such a young pitcher. Um, you know, uh, there's the farm system's excited, something to be excited about, too. Um, and then looking ahead to the offseason, um, it's going to be an interesting offseason. Uh, and, and thank God this team doesn't have to add, in my opinion, like a whole lot. Um, there's two guys that have been here and are two staples when it comes to the core. Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola uh, is supposed to be, um, you know, I mean, I've talked about a lot about Aaron Nola, um, but here, here was uh, Aaron Nola after uh, Game 7 talking about his future in Philadelphia. I hadn't thought about it too much. I was really trying to soak in this, uh, this time right now with these guys. I was saying earlier, no team is the same. All right, so guys are... In and out. Um, you got your core. You got your core guys here that, that signed here last year and a couple years ago. But other guys are in and out, and you know, meet such great people, right? And form those relationships, and you spend almost a whole year with them. And just want to kind of sit back and decompress and chill with those guys. So yeah, I mean, Nola said he's not thinking about it. Like, obviously, he has been. Um, I don't know if you bring back Aaron Nola, man. I, I don't know. Uh, if you could tell me he'd be consistent starting pitcher coming back and, you know, kind of be closer to, I don't even, just be closer to what he was in 2018, 2019, 2020, and 2022. I don't know, though. But the market isn't that that great. We'll get into it. Starting pitching market. There's no one that stands out. It's like, oh, he's got to be a Philly. No one stands out to me. Um, relief pitching. I like the bullpen. Uh, Kimbrell's obviously got to go. We'll look at who's on the market uh, next week. Josh Hader's out there. I don't know if I give him all that money, but he's out there. There's some other guys out there, too. We'll get into that. And then the other one, like I mentioned, I mentioned the core guys, Reese Hoskins. Um, and first, let's uh, let's hear what Reese had to say uh, after Game 7. Yeah, I mean, obviously Reese wants to be back, just like Nola wants to be back, too. It just has to make sense. 
Depends on what happens with Bryce Harper. Is he going to play the outfield? Is he going to stick at first base? I mean, he was good at first base. Um, it's not like you can trade him. I mean, he's going to be a free agent. Um, it just it just depends. I would love to bring Reese back. It just depends on what happens with Bryce Harper. Because if he goes back to the outfield, then it would make sense to bring him back at first base. But um, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll get into that more next week on what they should do with Reese. But I would love Reese back. And that's obviously... Big part of that is me emotionally saying that Reese has been one of my favorite players uh, since he's come up with the Phils. Um, but we'll see what Reese Hoskins. Um, another one's like I mentioned uh, this offseason, Craig Kimbrell. Better not come back. Michael Lorenzen, see you goodbye. You had the no-hitter for us. That was amazing. You had the great start against uh, Miami when you were first year. Um, but Kimbrell and Lorenzen, you can kiss them goodbye. Uh, we don't need to see them. Uh, we'll see what the uh, the market has uh, to offer with starting pitching and relief pitching um, in uh, the next couple of weeks um, as we pivot to the World Series. Um, I'm going to talk about it because, look, it's a Phillies podcast, but I would be remiss if I didn't at least mention the World Series here and maybe give like a brief, tiny preview. And I know none of you want to hear this right now. Uh, we should be playing the Texas Rangers um, in the 2023 World Series, uh, maybe the first game being a Globe Life Stadium where the Phils would play the Texas Rangers, but wasn't to be. It's going to be the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. Uh, the Rangers have the better offense, uh, just like the Phillies have the better offense against the D-backs. Um, I might take Arizona's staff, the way Brandon Fault was uh, against the Phillies. You might take the Rangers, uh, the, the D-backs staff right now over the Rangers, but... Um, Eovaldi and Monty, uh, also seasoned vets, especially Eovaldi being a part of some World Series teams uh, with the Red Sox a couple of years ago. Um, so it's going to be interesting. On the other side, um, probably take the D-backs bullpen. Uh, the Rangers bullpen hasn't been good all season long. They've been better in the playoffs, but regular season they were not good. They were one of their uh, the reasons why they almost, um, you know, maybe had a chance to not make the playoffs and weren't definitely were the big reason why they didn't win the AL West and the Astros did. Um, so Rangers and D backs, but at the end of the day, it's, I don't know. I, I, it's weird. I understand people picking the both teams. I'm going to go with the D backs. It, it doesn't make any sense, but they're just doing everything right at the right time. They don't have the roster that even cuts close to me for a world series team. But, it, I mean, it just shows that anything can happen once you get in. It really does. 84 wins. You have two good starting pitchers, really, let's be honest. You have, like, four good offensive players. You have a couple of good bullpen pieces, and, like, Seawald and Ginkle was, was nasty. I Against the Phillies, I don't want even want to think about that. hate to bring it up. Um, I'm going to go with the D-backs in seven. They're going to somehow figure it out. Maybe, like, a Merrill Kelly AL, NLCS MVP that gives you a couple of really good starts. It just doesn't make sense right now. Carol, Corbin Carroll would probably be an easy pick for NLCS MVP because of, you know, coming off like kind of a bad NLCS, even though he had a last couple of good games. Um, maybe we'll kick Corbin Carroll NLCS MVP. I don't know. Uh, check out my other podcast, The Shift. We're going to do a much bigger World Series preview. Um, but this is Phillies podcast, so I'm not going to talk about it too much. Um, but that's going to do it for me, Francisco Rojas. Talk to you guys next week when we'll hopefully we can move on from the D-backs and talk about uh, 2023 offseason. See you guys later. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 